0: and dc we're just hoping that you listen welcome to district divided i am your lead host for the week spencer Brudig, and i am tired it has been a long two days flooding is coming my floors are ruined i've been on and off the phone with insurance companies but besides that we're here to talk sports and cool stuff I am Spencer Brudig. I'm here with Emmett Singh. Kadeen Wiggins, a.k.a. K-Dot. Latero Cabrera, a.k.a. The Man Amongst Men. I didn't have an actual uh, nickname for him, so I just thought... I'm trying to just fire myself up. I am exhausted <laughs> in between yawns, Gentlemen, how are you all? k you have been running around all day. Tell us about your morning and afternoon. I've been running around all day and wearing black
1: to mourn all the cuts that have come on. Cut day in the NFL. Um, but beyond that, it,
0: fairly good. I mean, I still have a job, so I'm I'm excited about that. And I am wearing black as well to uh, commemorate uh, all of the bad jokes that we are all going to make over the course of this episode. Elsie, you're wearing black, and i um, I noticed you are wearing black as well. Any potential, you know, particular reason why?
2: Well, my only Olympic shirt is black, so I don't really have a choice. I just I. Just got the email
3: and figured I'd throw it nah. on. I didn't have any other particular reason for it. Cut you are repping. Well. The, you, you are repping the, the USA.
0: Talkie. It's fantastic. You all look great. Everyone's beards looking fantastic, except for Elsie, who's the only clean-shaven person. I shaved. Us. Smooth. You, though. Yeah.
2: Although I mean, you, I, there wasn't you shaved, much to yeah, do, but I shaved.
0: <laughs> not too much. You shaved three weeks ago. Elsie, very good. Ahmed, I am done with our introduction. Please take it away because I've got nothing else to say.
3: Thank you, Spencer Brunig. <laughs> Once again, that is Spencer Brunig, ladies and gentlemen. That was an awesome intro. I definitely got to step my game up moving forward. <laughs> but what we're talking about in this episode, we're a DC Sports Podcast District Divided, we're talking about the Washington football team. As K. Dot had mentioned, cuts were made today. So we're going to talk about who made it. And we were excited about and then just, you know, some of the bummers, you know, we did lose out on a couple key players I can think of off the top of my head. We'll talk about that. Then we throw it over to LC to talk to us about the Paralympics. He's giving us an update from there. Well, he's here in DC, but they're in Tokyo. Uh, So he's going to talk about that. And then Cristiano Ronaldo went back to Manchester United. So In light of that, we are going to go around and give you, in our no-hate debate, the greatest return to a team, to a sport, whatever you want. Just greatest return. Then we conclude with the State of the Union, your D.C. Sports wraparound coverage segment. Maybe we'll put Spencer on the spot one more time for that. But we will begin with the Washington football team. KDOT, cuts were made. How are you feeling? Do you like the roster? Any surprises for you? Floor is yours.
1: All the above and failing every which emotion right so like and then we we had talked on the previous episode about uh, certain positions and how it is that it was going to shake out. Some of these are a little surprising other ones are not so much right so like in once again, these are all as we're recording this it's right before five o'clock on cut day. Um, there's still news so it's like there's the official list non official list. like we're still trying to figure out exactly how everything's shaking out um but off the bat. Nobody was surprised that a few of these guys are left, like Steven Montez. Maybe he gets on the practice squad again. Maybe he doesn't. I don't think anybody really cares all that much. We got our three guys as far as quarterback. Running backs, a um, little surprised, but not so much. But we, we're down to three, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Jared Patterson. I remember we talked about Jared Patterson getting more play in the first, second preseason games. Um, and it kind of looked like he was going to take that Peyton Barber role. And it's not anybody's real surprise. The more that they were playing Patterson over time, that Barber was probably going to get out. Um, wide receivers, this is probably where I was hurt the most. I know that I made the request last week that I was really hoping Antonio Gandy-Golden made the team, and sadly, he did not. Um, there are the guys that we knew were going to make it. Terry, Curtis, Damian Brown, Adam Humphreys cam sims deandre carter dax Milne. um deandre carter max Milne. maybe we're looking at as far as guys that are really going to contribute on special teams we know that they're going to be returning some kicks things like that so it kind of makes sense it was just a really really stacked room you knew that you were going to be unhappy because at least one or two of these guys that were not going to make it right so like they but it is what it is i mean steven Sims, we knew he he'd gone i think he's in buffalo they picked him up right now Um, So at least a lot of these guys are going to be able to hopefully get an opportunity elsewhere. And at least, you know, in Washington, unlike a lot of other years, some of these guys are gone. We're like, it kind of hurts because we know they got talent. It's not really always been the case as much as it's someone we just fell in love with over preseason for a little bit of time. So hopefully a lot of these guys get picked up. Um, Our biggest news on this podcast is that our guy is in. Samish Reyes is officially, well, unofficially on 53-man roster. Bit surprising they went and rolled with four tight ends. I know we were talking on the pod about maybe you do three, you do the John Bates, uh, and then you uh, – John Bates, Logan Thomas, and then you kind of choose between the Ricky Steele Jones or the Sam Reyes. Both made the team it looks though. Um Defensive line, nothing too crazy as far as
0: that goes – it's, he's getting he's cutting out because he's bored. It's boring defense. Oh, where boy. You're
1: going to see most people. I don't understand how, for the first time ever, my internet's fucking up on this goddamn thing. <laughs> Am I back?
3: You are back. You're back,
1: back. and better than ever.
3: Here's Talk the the about our elite sucks. defense.
1: I can hear you guys making fun of me when I can't say anything. That's the only really shitty part about this internet being unstable crap, is I say, oh, he's making his O face. Like, I heard all of the shit, okay? <laughs> like, so not... what I
2: hear is the downloading is fine, it's the uploading. Okay, it looks like, well, thank like, you.
1: It <laughs> DC Xfinity bullshit, okay. <laughs> um, hopefully they don't want to be a sponsor. I'm sorry, I'm it. <laughs> linebackers are down the four. Jamma Davis, Cole Holcomb, John Bossett, Kalik Hudson. That seems for this defense to be a very, very short supply of linebackers. So I expect some sort of movement happening there. So that's why I'm saying this 53-man roster is very unofficial because I expect it to change within the next week. I don't think you're going to roll in to this season running a 4-3 defense and you only got one guy that's going to come off the bench as far as linebackers go. No, it's not going to happen. There's going to be some more movement that happens there. I've been hearing a rumor that maybe look as far as a trade that might happen – at linebacker, not entirely sure. Haven't heard anything other than look for something to really happen at that position. Cornerback: Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, Benjamin St. Juice, who has been a lightning rod throughout this, um, throughout the training camp. Look like he's the guy that's going to be able to come contribute immediately. Tori McIntyre, yeah, I know, I don't know him either. Daryl Roberts, I don't know that guy either. Um, Troy Apke, that's the one that was probably making the most waves on Twitter, especially when you consider some of the guys that got lost. Danny Johnson gone jimmy moreland very surprisingly gone jimmy moreland was ranked i think number three in pff for a slot corner for a period of time last year so that that to me was a big surprise seeing jimmy Morland go troyaki we all knew he had the speed he didn't really do a great job at safety maybe they're seeing something from him that we aren't seeing because even during the preseason games i haven't seen anything that blew me away maybe he'll be a guy just he's on special teams i don't know really it's a little weird that troyaki's still there but maybe uh, the speed counts or something there, they just see something that's happening that we don't. But I will say this: is that regardless of whatever it is that's happened, especially on the defensive side, you kind of kind of think that I mean, I trust Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, right? Like I trust them as far as talent evaluators. I trust them as far as making sure that they're going to put the best defense out. It doesn't feel like anything was political. It doesn't feel like a Jake Gruden, Bruce Allen sort of situation. So it just everybody needs to take the time to realize. It's cut time. It's sad. Some of these guys have become your favorites. You might have jerseys. Not everyone can make the roster. You can hope that some of these guys get picked up somewhere else. Or maybe if they haven't, and there's some injuries that happen to watch because injuries happen every year, some guys that we can bring back.
3: Yeah, and so just to quickly follow up. Troy Apke, he made it because of special teams. I think that's been pretty widely reported at this point. Uh, because the other guys, like Jeremy Reeves, Jimmy Moreland, seem to be better in coverage. In that secondary. Yeah, you know, but Mm -hmm. they did not make it for that reason. Special teams, very important. Coaching staff highlighted that. Linebacker, here's a question for you. So, we are a Samis Reyes podcast. Congratulations to you, sir. First Chilean in the NFL the moment he takes a regular season snap. I think that's super cool. And his potential's through the roof. But again, four tight ends that I don't think was something we were expecting. When we talk about linebackers, only those four names dot. I'm curious, Landon Collins may be moving in to that linebacking position at times, or, and this is the one I think is a bit more likely, Samis Reyes actually gets put on IR, potentially, so that you can make space for a linebacker and you protect him from being picked up by trying to put him on the practice squad. What are your thoughts there? Do you think we get creative like that? Or do you think we don't put him on IR because that means Samis Reyes cannot practice? Again, I really want this guy to succeed. But I'm curious about the linebackers because only four, that's crazy.
1: It is crazy. I don't know if you can get too cute as far as the Samis Reyes thing because, I mean, you want him to get reps. That's the only way he's going to get better, right? Is that we've seen that, like... He's been, he's been studying football ever since he decided he wasn't going to play basketball anymore. So he's got enough as far as the mental reps and doing that. He needs to be around other football players getting some sort of speed going, which is that's the hardest thing as far as the adjustment to the NFL, right, is the speed. And even when you're looking at practice, it's still not anywhere near the game speed, but it gets you in that mind frame. Have Samus Reyes just sitting there doing nothing maybe it saves him for next training camp or saves him if there's a tight end that gets hurt and he gets full, he gets brought back in. But I think what you're doing with Samus Reyes is you're basically saying this dude's probably going to get some playing time at some point. I, I still find it hard to believe that they're going to carry four tight ends, especially with the four linebackers. I, I thought you were going to say they're just going to line him up on defense, which I, I think that'd be a problem. Um, he could hit, though. He probably can, but I just I don't want to see him lost in the sauce out there. Right, right. <laughs> on defense. It's one thing a tight end Defense, that could be, that could get ugly real, real quick. Um, I think the Landon Collins thing, that was something that was rumored that he was going to be switching positions and then there was the hard absolutely not that came from the organization that came from Landon Collins afterwards. But if you see Landon Collins and the way they do a lot of things with the strong safety, he's going to be playing around the box a lot. So, um, I, But even if he does, that does not take the place of another linebacker completely. I There is no way that I see this team rolling into the season with four linebackers active. I just don't see it.
3: Yeah, no, I think it's, but fair credit to the coaching staff not just choosing to keep linebackers for the sake of the numbers. They'd rather go for quality over quantity, clearly, by doing that. So fair play to them. And again, like you had said, K. Dot, it's a tough day. A lot of people got cut, a lot of people that have been working their whole lives for this. You know, maybe they'll find another team like Steven Sims, who actually did get cut by the Buffalo Bills today. Oh. It's hard. it's definitely hard out there for those guys. Um, And we were joking about wearing black for that reason, but it is difficult. And we do hope that our guys succeed at the very least. I want to see, you know, Jimmy Moreland go somewhere. I want to see Jeremy Reeves go somewhere. Do not go to the NFC East. I think that's not allowed. Um, As far as I'm concerned, (laughs) please go to the AFC if possible, but uh, we're wishing all the best to those who were. Uh, It is.
1: It is the saddest day of the football year, in my opinion. Like there is a, the universal saddest day. A lot of people got a black my neck. I actually kind of enjoy Black Monday sometimes because some of these coaches deserve to get fired. Some of them fucking deserve it. <laughs> right? But there's nobody rooting against, I mean, hard knocks. That's always around the season, but now, like everybody. You, you feel for these guys. Some of these dudes, their dreams ended today. They, they, it ended today. And a lot of these guys are going to still keep trying and clawing. And that's why I think it's important for these leagues like the XFL to hopefully exist going forward so that they can find a place to land.
3: Totally fair. Now, one question, and this is at the risk of maybe helping out KDOT. We're in a fantasy league together, and uh, I got to ask about Antonio Gibson's fantasy value now that Peyton Barber's gone, because he would vulture some touchdowns at the goal line. Do you think Antonio Gibson's fantasy football value has increased at all?
1: All right, so here's what you just did. You introed it in saying that me and you are in a fantasy league together, right? which means as far as any fancy advice, fuck all. But if we're talking <laughs> about the, the podcast, or, so is this for a podcast? Do I have my podcast hat on or my you your podcast football hat on. Hat? <sighs> Antonio Gibson should be a really good pick in fantasy this year. I think that if we're looking at – JD McKissick is going to vulture a lot of those receptions, and I think we still haven't seen exactly where they're going to line up Curtis Samuel. So there are two things that kind of be a little – worried about to a certain degree with antonio gibson plus the health aspect of things he's never truly like completely healthy um am i looking at him as probably like a running a low end running back too maybe i think I, I think to me he's right now you know what i'd say running back two. you can have him running back two and be okay knowing as long as you got a good third guy he's not going to be the dude who's going to put up monster numbers every year i still think if you're looking at antonio gibson sniffing around a thousand yards um, in, in, in rushing, especially if they give him a lot of carries to Jared Patterson, which it looks like they're going to do. Um, I think you're happy with it. I think you'll have a high enough average. I just don't think they're going to – he's not going to be that bell cow.
3: Okay. No, I, th- I think that's a totally fair assessment. Spencer, Elsie, any thoughts on the Washington football team before we move on to the Paralympics?
0: So looking at this 53-man roster for people that actually know the NFC East, where are we putting the Washington football team in the division and what is their final record going to be?
3: Oh, let's get those season predictions in now. K dot, you want to go first?
1: Yeah. Uh, so how many games are there now? 17? 17. So I I think we're a 10-win team um, in this division. I'd put it right around there. I think the defense is going to do it. I really do know that our offense is going to have moments where they struggle. It's just going to happen. Brian Fitzpatrick is going to turn the ball over at times. Um, they're gonna have uh, 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 um, they're gonna have moments where they're not gonna be able to run as easily as we want them to. Um, the offense is still the Achilles' heel overall of this team, but with that defense, we can be at any conversation. It's all gonna be about whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick takes care of the football and gives us these opportunities. Um, I, I say ten wins, and I think that that's even a little aggressive, um, but I, I I think it's an improvement improve over last year.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go nine and eight. Uh, But it's still enough to win the division because it's bad. So Dallas, I think, would have the second highest total. They'll probably be at eight, is my guess, because their defense still is bad. They've tried to address it, but it's still going to take some time. The Giants are a mess. It's hilarious. I mean, Cam Newton got cut today. They should strongly look at him because Daniel Jones is a train wreck of a first-round pick. So they're going nowhere so long as he's there. The Eagles... You know, they tried trading for Deshaun Watson. I don't know if you saw that, KDOT. And he uh, exercised his no trade clause saying, I'm not going to Philadelphia. So, you know, humanitarian stuff aside, that's hilarious. Um, And I think just him not wanting to go to Philadelphia speaks to the fan base of just terrible people as well as just the roster being pretty bad as well. Jalen Hurts needs to be really, really good. So I'd say first or second, leaning towards first because I do think we probably have the most talented roster in the NFC East. And with that, Spencer, did you have a prediction
0: without knowing
3: about this roster?
0: We'll go. They're going to be five hundred. They can't be. They'll be yeah they nine,
2: nine eight. Okay, nine eight. Nine, oh, eight. No, you should you should predict eight, eight, that they will actually tie.
0: Yeah, eight, eight, I one. will
2: predict that they will actually tie again, so they can go five hundred. Exactly.
0: There's been more ties, right? More recently, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Does like anybody six? six. Anybody look at Cam Newton or are you all set?
3: No, I mean, not not for the Washington football team. No.
0: I
1: wanted us to, but not after Fitzpatrick came to town.
3: Right. I mean, that's where I stand. Now, it would be cool if he went to Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. He's 32 years old. Matt Ryan looks washed. I think that would be pretty cool if he waited one year and then got to quarterback the Falcons. Carolina fans you would lose their minds. Same a division. Return. <laughs> <laughs> a return to Carolina. <laughs>
1: I think the Cam Newton thing is uh, – the. I haven't heard anything complete on what happened there at the end. And I think that there are a lot of questions that I have as far as what happened at the end. There was a story about like, I'm hearing he's unvaccinated and that might have played a factor, at least it didn't help. I also heard, I mean, Mac Jones beat him out and there gotta be a certain element of Cam Newton. It's like, I'm not sitting here to backing up anybody. And with Mac
0: Jones, you don't, we apologize we have to have for a the technical. Like
1: evidence. him sitting in the wings, you were listening over to your it. If you're gonna start them, so I I don't know what situation. God damn it! I don't know
2: what. <laughs> I than it just like it ended, ends up like merging the two, like the happy talk... Really look at look at
0: his fun face now. That's so fun. <laughs> just frozen. This podcast is brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you it's a commercial break it's a fourth commercial break. Xfinity are you back are you internet? back? <laughs> <laughs> we can kind
3: of see you now buddy now you're there now you're
2: not I, once again i can hear
3: you guys
1: throughout all this shit making fun of me i don't know if you can hear me
2: um now we can i'm now just can. gonna
1: shut the fuck up until uh no hate debate so
3: <laughs> all right well i just want to get my quick camp spiel i think it had to happen Uh, Thinking more about it initially, I thought it was like, whoa, that's crazy. And the more you think about it, if Mac Jones was their starter and they decided rookie quarterback out of Alabama, if that was the decision they made, it makes a lot of sense not to have Cam Newton there. Because if he gets off to a rough start, people are going to talk about Cam Newton. For those in the locker room that like Cam and maybe don't like Mac or disagree with the decision, there could be problems there. So I think they needed to get him out. COVID stuff aside, I think it made sense to remove cam newton from that locker room if he's not going to be your starter it's unfortunate because i think he's incredibly talented but he has looked a bit rusty at times i hope his shoulder's okay sometimes he just sort of throws one in the dirt and i'm like what the heck just happened this is a former mvp we're talking about so i do think he'll end up landing somewhere but i think it's going to be a bit of time i don't think it's going to be the next few days i think it's going to be the next few weeks maybe even months but he will land somewhere he's too talented not to that's the thought there um but Let's move on to the Paralympics, which are happening in Tokyo right now. And LC last episode right. gave us a preview of the Paralympics as well as a number of DMV athletes that are there. LC, take it away. How are we doing?
2: Yeah, so the US in general is doing well. I mean, obviously there's uh there's less, there's fewer countries that are really competitive at the at the highest level, um, I think in, in the Paralympics, but um, I'm going to focus mostly on the uh, on the DMV athletes, a few of them that we talked about in the last episode, um, and I think it's it's appropriate to start with the legend, with Jessica Long, who won every color already uh, in in these Paralympics, and she still has, uh, I think, at least one more um, event to go but she got gold in the 200 uh, meter medley and that is the fourth consecutive gold that she was four consecutive olympics winning that event so absolute legend status um, she also got silver at the 400 meter freestyle which I actually saw a little bit of the uh, post uh, interview and she was like my like my goal for this was to be on the podium so s- silver is pretty freaking good for trying to be in the podium um and she also got bronze uh in 100 meter backstroke so she got all three colors she still has the 100 meter uh, backstroke breaststroke to go which i believe will happen tonight at the, at the time of this recording um which would be like tomorrow in japan i don't know how time works whatever it's it's this week um so she's up to 26 medals uh now so absolutely just insane and uh, not one of those athletes that just won in a lifetime so uh, props to her continuing to to dominate. Uh, we also talked a little bit about Trevor and Jennifer, uh, who's a player in the basketball men's basketball wheelchair team, which if you haven't seen, it's actually really interesting, really dynamic play. Um, and the U.S. is like a, a good team, but not necessarily the best team. Like, it's not as dominant as, as in uh, basketball in the Olympics, but they did uh, win a very narrowly, a good win against Germany to start the Paralympics. And then they also beat Iran. Um, and then dominated Algeria and Australia. However, they did lose by one point against Great Britain, who is one of those candidates. Great Britain is one of the best teams in, in wheelchair basketball. But that's that's uh the good news is that they are in the quarterfinals. So the US will play in the quarterfinals. Obviously, at this point it's a tournament style. So you when you go on, you lose your out. So we'll be looking uh, forward to to that. Uh we also have Daniel Romanchuk from uh from here from the DMV who won gold at the 400 meter uh in track and field and he also finished fifth in the 1500 meter um he I was looking at some of their profiles on the Paralympic website which have a lot of information about the athletes and they also have like a line about ambition like sort of their goals for the Olympics which is really interesting um Daniel has said I'd like to win a medal he got gold so I would say mission accomplished. Uh, well done, and and you know, obviously looking forward to to grow and and continue winning there. We also have um, Sydney Barta, who is somebody that we talked about last episode. Uh, she's a high schooler, so obviously very young athlete already at the highest level, competing with these uh, with these uh, you know players uh, athletes from all over the world. And she finished fourth in the women's two hundred meters, so just short of a medal. But again, at such a young age. So much room to grow. I would expect for her to just continue um, to to dominate and to play at the at the top to race at the top level, um, and maybe in the next Olympics we'll we'll see her in uh, the podium. We also have Lauren Sapp, uh, who finished uh, fifth in the 100 meter butterfly swimming. Um, still in competition for 200 meter medley and 100 meter backstroke, so he still has a few uh, opportunities. Um, and also a really interesting story with uh, Zachary chatouk who finished eighth in the finals. But he actually beat the American record for that event, which is a 200 meter, meter individual medley for his category. Um, there are different uh, categories depending on the impairments the different athletes have. So that's why you hear me say like multiple people, you know, uh, swam in the 200s or, or, or had the track and field events. Because depending on the impairments they have, they run in different categories or they, they race in different categories swimming and all that. So um, that's sort of the, the, all the, the updates that I have for, for local um athletes in the DMV we still have a few things to to go track and field goes pretty much I think the whole Olympics There's still more swimming to go um and obviously we have we are entering the final stages of the um of the basketball which which is really interesting I also got to see a little bit of wheelchair rugby which I don't know if any of you yeah, got to see any of is It is super cool it so, is incredible I mean has a very little relationship to, to rugby. I would say like, it's so interesting that that was called ultra rugby. Um, but you know, if the listener doesn't know it's played in like a basketball court size, I would say. Right. Um, and they play with what looks like a volleyball, right? Like it's, it looks soft. Like you can sort of grab onto it. Um, it's four four, right. So they're in wheelchairs. And the goal is to like in rugby to, get with the ball to the end zone, kind of like in football, actually, American football. Um, and once you cross the, the the plane, then you have scored. And it's like one of those games about turnovers, right? Like if you turn the ball over, it's sort of rare and like really bad. Um, and so most, most points or most plays end in, in points. So super interesting sport, like kind of a mix of other sports that we know, but at the same time, unlike anything else we've seen. So, Really interesting. I was curious if, if any of you have seen any of it, or if you've seen any other sports that you found really interesting.
3: Yeah, I saw. So I saw the wheelchair rugby. I think it was the final. It was Great Britain and the U.S. Um, yeah. and Great Britain ended up winning. I, and near the end, first off, very cool. Um, but I think near the end, I noticed that like I think Great Britain was trying to waste some time, so they would wheel all the way until about the end yeah, zone, and then the they would almost be banged it. Like the U.S. would sort of push them in to be like, yeah. no, 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 put that ball down. We need to get going the other way
2: because there's a shot clock and so the the idea would be that once you're at the line like you're going to score right like it literally takes them they just move for a millimeter and they're in so they know they're going to score and so if you burn the clock then you're just giving the other team who's losing less time to to come back so yeah that was that was clearly a strategy
3: yeah no i i really enjoyed so the only thing i have seen so far is wheelchair rugby i've not seen archery now you had said last week so that a couple was it a couple of the contestants that would shoot with their feet is that right yeah so
2: i think there's a few i know that one of the american ones um does that um for me also the the event that i really want to watch and i saw Argentina win one of the the first games is the five on five uh football uh, or soccer uh, here in, in the united states so every player uh you know has a visual impairment and they still wear you know the the blackout uh they're called goggles or whatever they're called like blindfolds um, so that nobody can see but the keepers can see Um, and it's five v five soccer the ball has a bell in it so they can track it by sound and it is insane like the the level of skill that these players have to both keep track and uh, and manage the ball with their feet without obviously looking at it and then taking shots and just placing the shot it's just like yeah you know, they're they're scoring on keepers who can see um and have limited mobility, but like it's absolutely amazing um and really entertaining to watch so I'm looking forward to, to some of that that's upcoming right now in, in these next few weeks.
0: I will say too that um paralympic tennis is unbelievable if you want to see something that' that's just scales perfectly that there's nothing yeah. really that you have to know it just they get two bounces. honestly, I feel like some of those elite um Olympians could probably beat the vast majority of like of uh normally abled people because it's just uh I shouldn't say normally abled but able-bodied people because they uh they move so quickly and they hit so hard it is really really impressive to watch so sure. I'd highly recommend that as well now one question I have does yeah. anybody know if you have any disability can you compete in the normal olympics in a, in a sport that might not need that thing so like say that you're a dressage rider that's missing a leg can you ride in the normal Olympics or are you for sure pushed into the Paralympics?
2: So from what I remember, that was the whole conversation around Oscar Pistorius because he had uh, like, he had two uh, missing uh, limbs, right? Like, uh, and so he had two uh, prosthetics. And I'm pretty sure that there was like a whole international Olympic committee, like, you know, conversation, debate, whatever you want to call it, because he wanted to participate, he run it to run in the Olympics, and from what I remember, they they let him participate. So I would say that um, if there may be some, I, I remember some of the discussion being around like, is it is it an advantage actually to have the prosthetic? Like, can you make it so? Because it is like a technological piece, right? Like it is sort of man made, and so the conversation was wasn't on like uh, the conversation was around is having a prosthetic a, an advantage because you can design it. To be faster or to be better or to be whatever, but from what I remember, I and mean, we can Google Live production live right here, um, we can we can figure out. But I'm pretty sure they let him participate in the in the Olympics. Not well, the first
3: thing that comes up is just his murder case, murder trial.
0: That was the thing yes. I remember. Unrelated, I <laughs> guess. <but>
3: <laughs>
1: I don't know if I'll be live enough to do this, but in uh, I think he did compete in 2004. In two thousand eight, they ruled that he was a disadvantage. It was an advantage, and his legs go. were banned.
2: Okay, got it. Yeah, so so I would expect that to be it to be sort of like a case by case, because like what you said, Spencer, maybe in, in that case it wouldn't be an advantage, right? But I think in track and field, where like he's using the prosthetics to like run, um, maybe that's a different case. But I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a
3: really good question. I'd never thought about that before.
1: You fast forward to 2012. I'm sorry. My internet's like, he he was allowed to compete at that point. So it just depends on the committee at different particular points in time. Mm. And it depends on what's happening as far as any legal suits or anything. It seems like it's, there's not yeah. a surefire answer across the board as far as the prosthetics. go.
3: They're just doing yeah. this for ratings or something like that. And it it's like, oh, this time we'll let him and like, oh, shit, he's allowed this time. And like the last time it wasn't, and they just like enjoy the buzz or like, what's the deal with that? I, I feel like once they make a ruling, that I'm sure disappear.
2: I mean, I'm sure there's turnover in the Olympic committee. And like maybe the city that that organizes may have I have some more sense because it, the sports that are in each Olympic change right? Like the, um, we were, we were talking about the Olympics, like the skateboarding, I think will not be on the Paris Olympics. Um, and so, and they will be on the, whatever they are in Australia in 2028. So like there, there's some changes that, that you would think are also more permanent like this sport is a part of the olympics but like even that is is not so that's interesting
3: so so i guess they do go through each committee will be like yep this one is this one isn't this one is this one isn't and it's almost like just a brand new set every single time yeah. and i'm sure some are just sort of grandfathered in and they just go well that's definitely like the track right. and field will stay forever <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> i'm so. sure yeah right okay interesting
2: kind of yeah
3: all right. Well, no, Elsie, thank you for the update. Uh, were there any other questions on the parallel? Do you have a metal count for us? Actually? Oh,
0: that is a question I, I
2: had. Do you know who has a metal count? Google. The also, I just
0: want to say you, did, <laughs> you crushed it with that coverage on that though.
2: The yeah. U S is number, uh, number four right now. Uh, okay. on, uh, so un-
0: unacceptable
2: China. It. So yeah, it, It's really interesting because it's a it's a completely different um you know dynamic but uh it's number four and then there's there's a whole field uh but the top four is china is number one by literally like almost double actually double in the second team so china is like not even close to anyone else um then it's great britain and then rpc which i I don't think we should say who they really are because then if you're actually naming the words then it's like defeating the purpose of i don't know some team with a white Olympic flag, campaign, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know who they are um and then the united states is fourth so um yeah a lot of events to go still uh we're i don't think we're even halfway through them um but okay but the us is lagging a little bit behind some of the other teams okay Very close perfect lc like spencer said just gonna echo that killed it
3: right there that is your Olympic update not just overall but the DMV perspective as well. So thank you for that, LC. And now we're going to move on to the greatest return. Cristiano Ronaldo went back to Manchester United after 12 years, spent some time at Real Madrid, spent some time at Juventus, and now the prodigal son has returned to Manchester. I was hoping it would be to Manchester City to see the United fans just cry. Just cry so much as an Arsenal fan. That's what I needed this season. Bro,
2: the city would have gone on fire. There oh, would have shit. been a civil war in
3: Manchester. And I was all for I it. it. I just want yeah. chaos at this point. Anything to take away from Arsenal's season right now. <laughs> Goddamn. Tottenham's That's in first place. Arsenal's in last place. At least Ronaldo goes to City. Nope. Goes to Manchester United. So we're going to go around and give you our favorite return. Again, it could be to sports. It could be to a specific team. And we're going to begin with LC because
2: he's on fire from talking about the Paralympics. Go ahead, LC. Floor is yours. Well, for me, it has to be. I mean, you know, I came in the States sort of more permanently in 2012. So like some of the earlier returns that I think some of you may talk about, like maybe I wasn't yet involved in like the whole cultural you know, context, but for me, it's the return of LBJ and it's not Lyndon B. Johnson. It's LeBron James uh, coming back to Cleveland after four years in Miami, after winning titles. Um, I was actually, for this podcast, I was rereading the essay that he wrote for Sports Illustrated saying like, I don't, you know, I don't want some reporter saying this is, this is why he left. I'm going to write it, uh, which I mean, you know, obviously I'm I'm sure that that there was a lot involved in that. But what a what an amazing way to come back and say, I am going to come back to a team that's not a title contender. He even says it in the essay. We're not winning next year. Like, it's not like I'm joining a team that's just going to, you know, win next year, win maybe in two years. He said, but I'm coming back to lead. They did get to the finals. I know, to see you, but it's the East. Come on, like the East in like 2017, 16. I was like, oh, it's not that hard. We tried
3: really hard. The Wizards <laughs> yes. tried really hard. You take that back.
1: <laughs> he, so saying, uh, we, they, weren't, they didn't have a caliber, caliber team, but it's uh, are we going to trade a first round pick for Kevin Love in a prime? And then we have okay, to I'm Just saying.
2: <laughs> yeah, fair. But but he wasn't saying, you know, he wasn't joining a super team. Like, you, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't call it a super team if he joined. Um, anyway, returning to. Not just the first team that drafted him. That's also what I like. It wasn't just like, oh, he came back to. Oh, Kandini just left. Kandini just left. The I know, that's, offended. I know, that's, but,
0: oh my god, poor that guy. face. That, it was so a great the
2: the I think that this week's
0: uh, uh, graphic needs to be just all the faces stacked <laughs> up. It's gonna oh, be this. so
2: fun. Oh man. provided by Xfinity Um, but yeah I I think LeBron's the fact that he came back not to just like oh the first team that drafted me but like his actual home like to me the fact that he came back to Ohio with his ties to the community and saying you know I'm here to win it for my city that to me was amazing and then to fucking do it against the best record regular season record team in history a stacked team um, of the Golden State Warriors sorry Spencer with uh, you know Steph Clay, hey, a uh,
0: homegrown team Indiana. was not stacked. It was a homegrown. There's no Kevin Durant.
2: That okay, but they're the, still it's stacked.
0: stacked. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> Come on, man. The season was stacked.
2: If you if you homegrown great players and then you stack them together, you're still stacked. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I don't care. Would what you say coming.
3: Barcelona, for example, was not stacked with Iniesta, <laughs> Messi. Xavi, Messi
2: because they were homegrown? Like no, they're still stacked. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and speaking <laughs> of returns. They came back from a 3-1, like it's fucking True. insane. Was it the first time the, or like yeah. the fourth time that any NBA team did it? And, but the first time in the finals, I think, right? Yeah, um, I mean, so to everyone me, it was over. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, were selling the, they were selling the shirts. They were selling the shirts of the, champ, the uh, uh, Warriors champions. So to me, that I, I just have not seen a return like that. Just so much meaning to it. Um, so, much, so much promise and potential and then to deliver that way, uh, just the whole package.
3: I mean, that's it's really hard to argue against. LeBron coming back, I remember hating him for going to Miami. I hated him in Cleveland because they kept knocking the Wizards out even when he was like, I don't know, 12 years old. It was really annoying. Uh, we're going to throw it over to Dot right now. Dot, you have 27 seconds before your net goes out. Spencer, be ready to go in case he comes out. Go ahead.
1: I hate this. Um, I, I know that my answer was Michael Jordan, but I'm pivoting. Maybe it's a strategy for no hate debate but uh, I think Jordan was the easy answer and you either one of the gentlemen that haven't gone yet, you'd be wise to take the choice. But um, outside of this, it's undisputed. It's indisputable. Muhammad Ali, greatest return back to sports in the history of sports. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, because of his convictions almost went to jail because of what it is that he felt about not involving himself in the Vietnam war. He comes back and has arguably the greatest boxing career ever i mean we're talking about the the two joe frazier fights ken norton's like he goes on to be probably still to this day the most influential sports figure in the history of the world and i don't think that's hyperbolic in saying that so uh muhammad ali like
2: another no no hate debate
0: (laughs) i I, you know uh i just want to jump in here no disrespect to you and your choice muhammad ali but we got to go with jordan okay think about this think about this Jordan leaves as the greatest of all time and he leaves to go play baseball because his father bet. because his father is killed. He defeats alien monsters, right? And then he comes back with the help of Bill Murray and he becomes the greatest of all time. I mean, there is no question. This man when, and actually, was pretty good at baseball, not going to lie. You look at his stats. He's no Tim Tebow. He's a good, he's a good ball player. He's an okay ball player. Co- goes and defeats the Monstars and comes back and crushes it all with R. Kelly's soundtrack playing in the background. I mean, unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Just what a movie. What a story. So
3: forget. Forget the Bulls. Just beating the Monstars alone makes it the greatest return. Is the angle you're going for is that correct with, bill murray. with bill murray
0: that yeah, movie bill makes murray no so. sense it's really <laughs>
1: dumb space chance it was just as dumb it's really dumb they're in the ground yet they show up at the end in a spaceship it makes no
0: sense
2: <laughs> it's not it logic in
0: it's loony it's loony <laughs> it
1: makes no sense bugs bunny comes up with the rule that they have to play the game Come with the rule that you don't have to play the game. Like, what are you doing? It doesn't make it's, any sense. It's just it's not bad a drama. Fucking movie. And not to mention, <laughs> you can have Jordan. I gave you Jordan, okay? I gave him to you. <laughs> you gifted him. I gifted Jordan. But Spencer... <laughs> I don't, were you going to say the monster. He took it with a twist. Like, yeah. He took, he
3: took Jordan with a the twist there.
1: No, because then you got to bring up R. Kelly. So on my side, I got Muhammad Ali. You rocking R. Kelly and the saw I mean. homie. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. They're the villains. They're the villains.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh, uh huh. The yin some MJ's yang, right? Yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but seriously, that second one, I can't bring myself to watch it. I just don't understand. This is here's another thing. Why did they cast actors as the family in both of them? Like, it just is weird. I thought that that was Jordan's son and Jordan's wife. And then it's like, that's not Jordan's son. That's not Jordan's wife. These are actors. Same thing with LeBron. You have. Like famous children, you have famous right. family. Why do you cast them? Uh, can anybody explain because this?
3: Because can you name a cinematic masterpiece where they just had the actual family members? And Sophia Space Coppola. Jam yeah, wanted.
0: Keep, keeping up with the Kardashians. I mean.
3: Space Jam. I don't believe that's a movie. Space Jam wanted to be Oscar worthy. And in order for that to happen, right. they needed that's to true. have. That's true. I
0: didn't think about that.
3: Actors across the board you wanted an answer
0: which i believe Oscar? that's your answer <laughs>
1: <laughs> space top, top. jam 2 is just as bad as space jam 1 anyone saying anything different? no no no, no space jam
0: 1 is better
1: no it's not yes no it's yes. not it's not. i haven't even it's seen nostalgia. the second one and it's, it's just better. nostalgia it's people getting nostalgia
2: confused for what's good well but hold on because when i watch it as a kid which is like the target audience I freaking loved it. And so if you think about that way, right, like, if, like it's the movie doing its job, which is like making the audience feel like it's the best movie in the world. And
1: that's the point is that it it's, it, it's for a six year old that sits down and watch Space Jam two, who doesn't really know who Michael Jordan is. And they hear Skip Bailey re- scream about him. he is saying this is an amazing movie. And there's a lot of problems with it the same way that we were dumb, idiot kids and thought that it was great.
3: It's not. I'm a huge fan of this six-year-old not knowing who Michael Jordan is other than watching Undisputed on FS1 every single day. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I, they I knew who Bill <laughs> that's, my, that's
1: my six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kadeen's
3: six-year-old is tuning in to Undisputed watching Skip and Shannon go at it every single
1: well, day. What has I,
0: Shannon got I, Shannon. to say? I just want to say really quick, Dean, you are absolutely wrong. They, the first one, was ice breaking? It was. It was incredible, right? It was like the Titanic. It was, but not sinking. It 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 forged its own way. Space. That's Jam why two. we're wearing black. Space Jam 2, all they had to do was literally do the same thing. And it would have been fine. They could have just redone the movie and it would have been fine. But no, Bill, they had to bring in Don Cheadle, who was the I best don't of guys, I don't know if you oh, yeah, yeah. Know huh. this. Don't, 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 do don't on
1: Don Cheadle no, like that. Don was no, the best part, no, Don no, no, was no, the best part. Don't, don't, don't brush it, don't casually mention Don Cheadle. Like, that's a big reason, it's <laughs> still, hey, look, come
0: on, man. Don't slot off on Don Cheadle, he was fucking acting in that. Kugler came in and everyone thought it was gonna be good and it wasn't and people are disappointed because of that. Cheeto was fine. Man, the 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 I saw I saw a clip of Clay and and the Brow like as like weird fantasy characters. I just why? What what's going on? I don't wanna even want to see it. Leave hey, it in the comments. Like and subscribe. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's Space Jam One, they're
1: supposed to take the basketball ability from these players, right? Why can Charles Barkley forget how to walk? It makes no sense. Okay, it was just a basketball ability. There's no, there's so many problems with that movie.
0: They're not good. But the they're scene, not for us though. The scene that when he plays the the young women on the court, and then they're like, "You're Charles Barkley," and they're and they're like, "You got to go." It's a beautiful. It's sad. It made me cry. It's a beautiful scene.
3: Okay, so here. Just a couple quick thoughts before I give you mine. One, let's just take a breath. How about that? Two, now that we've taken that breath, repetition works. If you look at Rush Hour and Rush Hour Two, they literally switched who said the joke,
0: but not three.
3: Not three. Well, because you couldn't switch it again, surely. So you're not a Rush Hour fan, up. honestly. Um, um,
1: I'm not. I'm oh, not. okay. Uh, okay. We got to we no, no hate debate. Leave the weapon. Leave the weapon over rush hour. 48 hours over rush hour. There's so many. And not to mention, how many Asian jokes do I need to hear Chris Tucker yell?
3: I'm over it. I'm well, just going to Jackie Chan yell the black jokes in the very next one. Listen, it wasn't that. I think. I think maybe you specifically weren't the target audience, uh, but you also didn't like Space Jam, so I don't really know what we're doing talking to you right now. I like good so cinema. I'm and gonna... guess what?
1: Guess what? Guess what? My internet's working with these takes now, asshole. So I guess somebody's agreeing with me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> x like, no, keep it up a little bit. Right, he's I'm made done. good I'm points I'm done, right done I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Okay, so speaking of nostalgia, I'm going to go for mine because I figured Jordan was going to be taken. I figured LeBron was going to be taken. Muhammad Ali, I- I'm not going to dispute that. I'm not going to dispute that. So I chose the emotional angle. And uh, as an Arsenal fan, it has been a very emotionally vulnerable time for me. And so that reminded me of another time I was emotionally vulnerable with this team, which is every year. But one year in particular was 2012, like Elsie was talking about. We had just lost our center midfielder, Ses Fabregas, the guy that made me an Arsenal fan. We had lost Samir Nasri. Robin Van Persie had to carry one of the worst rosters I've ever seen to the Champions League, meaning finishing top four in the Premier League. And who showed up to help but club legend Thierry Henry, who had spent so much time with Arsenal, arguably the greatest Arsenal player ever, right? He's with the New York Red Bulls. He's chilling. He's having a good time in the MLS. And in 2012, we got him back on a short-term loan deal. And initially, I'm thinking... I mean, who cares? Like, you know, it's nice. You're gonna get some clicks on some articles, like it's a feel-good story. We're in the FA Cup, we're in the third round, we're playing Leeds United. It's zero zero, and Henri gets up and starts warming up. And people are like, Okay, clap and stuff like that. Like, cool. He's not gonna go in though. He goes in and within ten minutes has his trademark from the left side of the box, right foot, inside corner. Finishes. I kid you not. I became an Arsenal fan the year after he left. And I was crying because you could feel the emotion from I, I can't explain what I like. Oh, I just no, I straight it. up could not explain what was going on for me. But I just like I was celebrating and then all of a sudden I was just breaking down. I was like, I don't know what's going on. But this is Let's sort say. of the magic of sports was this club legend, this uh, idea bigger than a person hmm. came in and arguably changed the season for us. He ends up scoring the game winner against Sunderland in a Premier League game as well, later on as his last game for the club, and then goes back to New York. It felt like, I I don't know how else to describe it other than Jesus Christ came down (laughs) for a couple months, (laughs) did what he needed to do, and then left us and absolved us of some of our sins. It except, was, a few except, guys, they, except they didn't win. And we finished in third since, place, so. which was actually a place higher than... Jesus would have Fabregas's brought you a championship. Nassi. If he had stayed for more than two months, <laughs> he might have. If he had stayed for more than two months, he might have. Oh, it was God. very, very difficult. Van Persie left immediately to Manchester United. I,
0: I love that story. I, mean, I do encourage everyone to go back and just... When he says when Ahmed says he cried... Elsie and I burst out laughing. Kadina is like heartfeltedly like, yes, I understand. But it was and a I very funny that, moment. Kate. I really I- liked it. I'm a great well, story. I'm, I'm thinking
1: about how I won this no-hate debate because you two assholes are debating or Space Jam shit, Space Jam shit part 2.0. And he's over here crying on Thierry Henry. I think I won.
3: <laughs> All really I I was it. It's a no-hate debate. I think I won. I brought nothing right, but love to that debate. Yeah, love. Love and uh, just the emotion. I love... Of- Everything. I
0: love Ronaldo returning, by the way. I think it's so cool. I know, Amit, you want to watch the world burn, but I think it's so cool. If he wins one...
3: Oh, no. Goat? Are you reintroducing this? Goat? Is oh, Goat? shit. I tell you what. Tell you what. Uh, so, no. Once the, once the dust settled, I did think it was pretty cool. I, I mean, he is 36 years old, but he works. and I, He's still going to be productive. So, I, I think for those that are like, oh, why? He's 36, citing the age... You don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to tell you straight up. You have no idea what you're talking about. He is going to be productive for Manchester United. I think it was a great move for them. They got a huge emotional lift. The same thing I'm talking about with Thierry Henry. They got a huge emotional lift. And this guy's staying there for at least one season. One full season. When they play Liverpool. When they play Manchester City. When they play, at this point, Tottenham and Chelsea. You are going to see a very different Manchester United. Not the one you've seen in recent years where they somehow fold. He won't let them. It's going to be very must-watch TV, entertainment, soap opera, reality TV, whatever you want to call it, you're going to want to watch that because he is big time. And I love the move from Manchester United's perspective. Hate it from the watching the world burn perspective because all is well in Manchester. Very annoying.
0: And he'll be their top Calvin Klein model on the team. Oh, that's
3: very attractive.
2: I'm really used to returns because in Argentina, good players are sold to Europe. Like, as soon as they reach top potential, they're like, fuck it, make as much money as we can. Um, and then once they're like 36, they come back fat and slow and they're like, I returned to, to the home team. It's like, great. It's like I never Thank- left, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we're used to them. <laughs> didn't didn't uh, Tevez return? Oh, yeah, Carlitos came back twice. He came back, got fed up, went to China, was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Came back again. And then it was just like, all right, I guess it's time to leave now. Like, it must have been forget. emotional. When you <laughs> oh, my God. Every time. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It doesn't matter. He I mean, got to go to China, like, do whatever. Diego came back after his, like, you know, of course, every every good enough Argentinian player to go play in Europe eventually comes back in their 30s. It, it just happens. I, there's actually like, there's actually like, debates about will Messi come back to Newell's old boys which was the like youth team he played in in Rosario because like he could like he could be 37 and be like you know I'll play a year for my he could probably team. be like 45 well you know he's like main talent is speed you know like speed with the ball and like agility So like It's not like a keeper, you know, like, I don't know, a 45, how fast he's going to be. But whatever. He can play whenever and people would love to bring him. Like, that's out of the question. Some free kicks, some through balls, some ticket sales. You'll be there. there. Yeah, it will be there.
3: Anyway, that's going to conclude this week's State of the Union DC Sports Wraparound. Whoa, no, I'm sorry. We are beginning the State of the Union. That's concluding the no hate debate. Um, and the State of the Union is a very, very quick one, beginning with the Washington Nationals. We suck. Kybert Ruiz made his debut. He was part of the LA Dodgers trade. So nice to have him. But we suck. We'll see you in 2023. Then we have the Washington Spirit. They tied 0-0 North Carolina Courage. They are now in sixth place in the NWSL, very last playoff spot, eight games to go. This Saturday, they play at the Portland Thorns, 10.30 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. See what happens there. DC United, big 3-1 win over the Philadelphia Union. Boca Juniors man Ramon Avila scored the game. (laughs) What a man. Love that guy. Also goes by Junior, because his dad is also Ramon Avila. And so, DC United... Do not have any more games until September 11th. It's an international break. They are in seventh place in the Eastern Conference. And finally, the Mystics' Elena Deladon has finally returned. And just as she returns, Tina Charles, the current frontrunner for MVP, gets hurt. So we still need to see them together for more than one game. The Mystics are currently in ninth place right now. Top eight. Make it so, still some time to go over there. And that's your very short State of the Union DC Sports wraparound coverage segment. Talked about the Washington football team. This is District Divided. I am Amit Singh. Spencer Brudig's the guy that brought you in today. That's K. Dot with the shitty internet. And that is LC Lautaro Cabrera with the Paralympic update. Thank you all for listening so much. And we will see you again next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Take Space it. Space
2: Jam is for kids. Space science. Jam's amazing.
0: It's amazing.